You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here now a couple of the selected verses from the gospel reading for today recorded in Mark chapter 1. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. The word of the Lord. It had already been a very long day for Jesus. If you remember last week's gospel reading, Jesus taught in the synagogue earlier that day. And it wasn't just your typical 15 or 20 minute sermon either. If you remember, Jesus was interrupted by the devil. And so Jesus that morning showed his power over the devil and the power of his word by kicking him out of there. It was a huge event. We found out that the people were amazed at what they had seen and heard. More and more attention is starting to be heaped on Jesus, which is a good thing, but also an exhausting thing. Jesus, just like any one of us, probably was looking forward to just going and getting some rest after a long day. We must remember that Jesus is a human being just just like us. He tired out just as we do. And after a long and tiring day, he was probably looking forward to simply going home, or at least the home of Simon, also known as Peter. And so they went, and when they they got there, they found out that Peter's mother-in-law was very, very ill. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Peter's mother-in-law, Peter, we learn, was a married man. We don't know much about his wife. I'd like to know more about who she was, be married to Peter of all people. Someday we'll find out, maybe. But Peter's mother-in-law was very ill, bedridden. And as if Jesus needed to be told, the disciples went and told him about it. And Jesus, as he always does, he puts others' needs ahead of his own. He was probably looking forward to a little rest, a little bit of sleep. The earthly temptation would have been for him to say, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this tonight. We'll, 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 we'll deal with it tomorrow, okay? But he puts others' needs ahead of his own. And so he went into that room, and, and Mark doesn't record for us that Jesus simply healed her. No, it's much more personal than that. We learn that he took her by the hand, the personal touch of a loving Savior, and he lifted her up, and the fever left her. Why did he do it? Why did he heal her? He had already established the fact that he was all-powerful earlier in that day, so that's not why he did it, or at least it wasn't his primary reason. 
Why did he heal her? A clue to that answer is found in who wasn't there to witness it. It was a very personal, intimate setting in that room, probably with just a couple of other people. He, he didn't perform this miracle amongst the masses. He did not heal her because he wanted even more popularity. No, he healed her because he cared about her. He healed her because he he cared about Peter and his wife. He healed her because he was filled with compassion and mercy. We can relate to that part of it. As we hurt when people we know are sick or hurting too. I've been in hospital rooms and homes of people who are deathly ill, and it almost brings you to tears. In fact, sometimes it does. It's a gut-wrenching thing. You feel so badly for that person that they are in pain. You feel so badly for the family or the loved ones that they have to watch them be in pain. It's gut-wrenching. And then Scripture tells us that Jesus can relate to us in every way. So undoubtedly, when he went into that room of Peter's mother-in-law, he was filled with empathy, compassion, mercy. I know that when I have walked into situations like that, I sometimes have told the person who's really sick what I would do if I was Jesus. I tell them, if I were Jesus, I I would take you by the hand like he did Peter's mother-in-law and I would raise you up and I would make you better and we'd walk out of here together. But I'm not Jesus. But Jesus can do that. And he was filled with compassion and mercy, which moved him not only to want to do something about that sickness, he did something about it. He healed her, and completely, by the way. Immediately after the fever left her, we learn that that she got up, and she, in response to that miracle and that mercy, and in thanksgiving to her Lord, immediately started serving him. He deserved it especially after such a long day. Finally, as the night was drawing near, time to get some rest. But it just wasn't meant to be. Now word had started being passed around town about what Jesus did earlier in the day in the synagogue. And so people were starting to bring their loved ones who were sick or demon-possessed. In fact, we are told the whole town gathered there which goes to show you the comprehensive effects of sin. Every single person in that town had some problem of one kind or another. And they brought him, them, to Jesus. And we could probably come up with a list too, maybe a rather long list of physical things that plague us. And Jesus, as he always does, he puts others' needs ahead of his own. He needed rest. He needed sleep just like we would. And yet he heals them. Again, why? At least partly because he cared about them. They were hurting, so he hurt with them. His heart went out to them. it's, It's the heart of a loving Savior because that's who he is. So he healed them. He healed them. 
Finally, then, after all that was done, who knows when Jesus actually was able to go to sleep. But again, not a very long night of sleep. He's the first one up, leaves the house before anyone else notices, and he goes and prays, which is a sermon in and of itself, but not today. But as he was praying, his disciples come to him in a rush. They find him and let him know, people are looking for you. More people are looking for you to heal them. In fact, everyone is looking for you. And the most surprising thing of this text, maybe, Jesus' response, let us go somewhere else. Now that doesn't sound very compassionate. That doesn't sound like the merciful Lord we know. Jesus, there are people hurting and they're coming looking to you for help. Let's get out of here. Let's go somewhere else. Where's the mercy and compassion in that? But that's not all he said. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. If Jesus was only a man, that's all he would have cared about, would bring physical healing to those people. If Jesus was only a man, that's all he would have been moved by, mercy and compassion to fix earthly, worldly problems. But Jesus isn't just a man. Jesus is God. And as big as his mercy and compassion were to bring physical healing to them, his compassion and mercy to bring healing to sin-sick souls was that much greater. That, Jesus tells us, is why he came. He tells us himself he was sent to preach. And the word Jesus uses there is a word that emphasizes one who proclaims good news. That's why Jesus came, not only to proclaim good news, but to become the good news himself. Oh yeah, he healed thousands of people in his life. But he was not primarily that type of a healer. He cast out many demons in his life, but he did not primarily come as an exorcist. He fed thousands and thousands of people in miraculous ways, and yet his purpose was not to become a bread king. The purpose for which his father sent him and the task which he graciously took on himself was to redeem the world, to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why it actually is a gracious, compassionate, merciful response when he says to his disciples, let's go somewhere else because we don't want to give these people here the wrong impression about who I am or why I came. And so Jesus went somewhere else. And we know that the somewhere else he went to was some of the nearby villages and he continued to perform miracles there too. But primarily he went and preached the good news that he's the world's savior. But that's not the ultimate somewhere else Jesus went to. The ultimate somewhere else Jesus went to was Jerusalem. The ultimate somewhere else Jesus went to was Pilate's courtroom. The ultimate somewhere else Jesus went to was the cross. And what he did at the cross is still this world's greatest 
miracle of healing ever performed. It was at the cross where he poured out his lifeblood to wash away your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. That's why that type of healing is better than anything else. It brings lasting, eternal effects. I don't deserve it. No one here does. And yet, he was so moved by his mercy and compassion to lay down his life for us. Amazing. Sure, in in our account, Jesus is the one who who grabbed the hand of Peter's mother-in-law and he lifted her up. But what he's done for us is he has grabbed onto our hearts and lifted them away from the grasp of sin, death, and the devil. Both, both what he did for Peter's mother-in-law and what he has done for us are acts of compassion and mercy, but which one's greater? And that's really a lesson for us today. Because sometimes he does bring physical healing to our loved ones. And for that, we thank and praise him. But sometimes he doesn't. But that doesn't make him any less compassionate, any less merciful. Think of the Apostle Paul, right? One who had some sort of physical ailment. We don't know what it is. Maybe some of the side effects from being beaten so often for preaching the gospel. But regardless of what it was, it was something that caused him pain. It was a thorn in his flesh. And he did what we are to do. He prayed to the Lord about it. He prayed to the Lord to take it away. Didn't happen. So he prayed again to the Lord, take it away, and it didn't happen. He prayed again, please take it away. And it didn't happen. He writes for us himself what happened. We read in 2 Corinthians 12, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But all he said to me was, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So we cannot let our health or lack thereof lead us to our conclusions about the compassion and mercy of Jesus. The greatest proof of his mercy and compassion is found at the cross, the somewhere else he went to. The greatest proof of his mercy and compassion can be found in the grave that he walked out of three days later. Jesus heals us from what hurts us most. Jesus heals us for all eternity. And so I go back to some of those occasions where I've walked into a room where someone is deathly ill. And I can't heal them the way Jesus did by lifting her up and, and, and getting her to walk away and the fever to leave her. I can't do that. But what I can do is do what Jesus did and preach good news to her. I can preach the good news, the best news, the greatest news, and so can you, by the way, the greatest news that Jesus has given us victory over sin and death and given us life. Whatever suffering is going on in that room is a millisecond compared to the eternity of life Jesus has won and secured for us. So how thankful we can be, how thankful we are that Jesus was moved by his compassion and mercy to go somewhere else that day. How thankful we can be that Jesus was moved by his mercy and compassion to come here with his healing, to come here with his mercy and compassion and bring to us the good news of our forgiveness. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.